0: Welcome to The Ride, Life, Work, and Wealth Podcast with your host, Chris DeRoe. Years ago, Chris was a firefighter and a paramedic and witnessed many people not getting another tomorrow, and it shaped who he is now as a financial strategist. Chris doesn't just help people plan for a secure tomorrow, he helps them plan for a better today. Chris lives in Burlington, Ontario, and is an investment advisor at Three Hats Financial, a trade name of Harborfront Wealth Management, and IRock dealer. Let's get to it.
1: Chris DeRoe, you have recorded 50 episodes of your podcast, The Ride, Life, Work, and Wealth. And Chris, you know that is no small feat, so congratulations, really well done. I'm Patrice Sikora, been here for most of the journey, and I'm curious,
2: which shows stand out for you? Thanks, Patrice. Yeah, fifty. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow, it doesn't sure doesn't feel like it. That's a that's a that's a heck of a lot of me talking. Ab- <laughs> um, I still think I still don't even think Tina's ever even listened to one yet, my wife. But uh, maybe this is the one she'll listen to. <laughs> Today marks yeah the fifty. I've now done fifty episodes, and I thought I'd just touch on the top six, the ones that have been downloaded the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured uh, I'll do something a little bit different now that I've got 50 under my belt. And I I remember the first one. The first one I did was actually the whole world was shut down. It was March, 2020. So it was definitely an odd time to start doing these because I had never done them before. And with everything else going on at that time, uh, I just remember that it was just a very interesting time to start a podcast show. So
1: that was was the height of the, uh, well, that was when everything actually just started breaking, or I should say closing down. Yeah, We're starting a whole new path.
2: Yeah. Chaos and everything like that. So I definitely remember that, that first one in that time. Yeah. I was actually away just at the timing at the cottage and I, and because the Wi-Fi was crappy there, I had to go do it in a neighbor's neighbor's. (laughs) basement for my (laughs) first one. Yeah. So anyways, the six episodes that have been downloaded the most, so the most amount of listeners, and the first one was actually I did not too long ago. I don't remember if you remember this one, Patrice, but it was episode number 45, and it was called the four wealth destroyers. So mm-hmm. basically, wealth destroyers are the four impediments to wealth accumulation. And those four were taxes, inflation, fees, and overreaction to markets. Uh, by far, taxes is one of the biggest on that list. And I just go through in regards to taxes kind of each type of investment, how it's taxed, and tips to uh, reduce your tax bill. And then as far as the inflation goes, well, that's a pretty popular topic right now on its own, mm-hmm. because we're currently at over 30-year highs on that. And obviously, that's not great, because it's eating up everyone's cash flow, leaving us less to spend on the things we want. And actually, because of how important that is right now, and the attention that that's gotten, I actually just did a full episode on that, uh, number 49 on protecting your portfolio from inflation. Mm-hmm. So there's actually a whole separate podcast just on that and what to have in your portfolio to protect that. Um, the third wealth destroyer we touched on was fees. And it's always just good for people to obviously know how much they're paying and figure it out if they're paying and if it's worth the value they're getting. Um, the biggest thing I mentioned on that is you can't just look at the number. You got to look at a bunch of other factors and compare it to make sure you're getting value and take everything else into consideration than just solely looking at the number of what the fee is. And then the last one, which is also very applicable to current market conditions is overreaction to markets. And that, as I mentioned, is quite timely because we're in some serious historical lows for a lot of asset classes. And you have a significant amount of people right now quite concerned about that, because just to how low equity markets and bond returns are currently are. So I just go over the types of emotions people will go through during market volatility and kind of how to deal with that. And most importantly, how to deal with that, but to stay on track. So that was the first one, uh, number 45. The next one was actually episode 14 and it was what to know before making a midlife career change. And I had a guest speaker on uh, Lisa Taylor who's the owner of Challenge Factory. And she's a leader and expert in um, basically in today's changing world of work. And she's written a few books. And she's also been recognized as one of the top Canadian women for her work in leadership and employment. So a uh, very, very well-educated girl. And uh, she gave us some great tips. And that topic really came to light during the pandemic a lot uh, because many people started second-guessing their careers when they had downtime and weren't commuting as much. And um, a lot of these individuals, they're, they're midlife. They're in their late 40s to early 50s, early 40s, all around that, that age bracket. And Lisa, she was great just going over how this was actually quite common uh, at that time. And Tiff to assess if it's the time for that individual to make change and what they can do. Mm-hmm. And she also goes through like so, some of the stresses that you'll incur before you leave your current career too. To pursue the one that you actually want and how you can deal with that and uh i still see people asking me for help with this and like how they can go about making a career change as a good idea and um what they need to do and it's it's good to see that because you just don't want to see people like friends family clients i have stuck in a career or a place of employment for the rest of their working life just because they feel they have to or they're too scared to take the jump because of the current commitments they have. And the commitments are the big sticking part, mortgage, all this stuff. But you also just don't want that to be the only reason that you stay in a current work environment if you don't enjoy it. So this was that was a pretty popular one. Uh, I'm all about people making mid-career changes if they can. It's just I've helped so many clients do it. And it's very scary for them. And once sure. they do it take the jump the quality of life change for most of them and that is just significant. So I I love helping people go through that. Okay, and that again is episode 14. <laughs> yeah, that's 14. Okay. Uh, the next one was 47, which was just quick tips to secure your finances now and in the future. And this was a rapid fire type podcast uh, where, I don't know if you remember Patrice, but I kind of went through oh, yeah. 50, 15 topics and tried to keep it to 60 seconds or less. So <laughs> basically a lot of bang for your buck as far as time goes, because I'm trying to cram a lot into one podcast. And uh, most likely that's probably why it was up there on the hit list is because of the amount of information in such a short time frame. And I touch on things like creating your financial calendar just to make sure you don't miss important dates, like in regards to your finances and insurance, expiry dates, TFSA contributions, RESP deposits. I actually was at a hockey game, uh, one of my kids' hockey games, and one of the parents that I actually don't really talk to that all all that often had listened to it, which shocked me because we've never even really talked that much. And uh, he had just mentioned he'd never heard of that, of creating a financial calendar. And he had done that and just thought it was such a great idea because he had never really heard of that so yeah so he's got a separate little calendar just for finances and then his family and personal one um also throughout that it was also touching on things like the importance of tracking your net worth to make sure that you're winning (laughs) uh monitoring cash flow with a tracking sheet which debts to pay off creating a financial organizer all those types of things and One tip that I was actually my favorite from that day during the show, actually had nothing to do with finances. And Patrice, you'll remember this Mm -hmm. uh, because we chatted about it a bit. I actually got this from the author, Robert Pagliariani, on basically how the the most important eight hours. So we sleep for eight hours. We work for eight hours on average. Like now some people will be less or more than that, but you get Mm -hmm. the idea. And the other eight hours of the day are the most important since these are the hours that change our life for better or for worse. And we control those eight hours more or less. So do you spend those eight hours investing in yourself, spending time with loved ones, exercising, socializing, all that stuff. That's what <laughs> changes the quality of your life is really those eight hours and how the enemy of those eight hours is social media and wasting that on YouTube, Netflix, Facebook, Facebook, where there's not really any value out of that. And it's just crazy how fast you can just get caught in flipping through that and waste a good amount of time. So kind of random, but I just thought that it was, even though it's supposed to all be finance tips, that that was still a very important tip. And I'm like, ah, my podcast, my show, I'm going to throw it in. (laughs) 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 And that is so important. Time,
1: time, time.
2: Oh, I... Especially as especially as you get older, yes. I'm always thinking of what robs my time and what doesn't. And it's not that I'm always stressed about time; it's just I'm very strategic now on what I will spend my time on compared to when I was younger. I'm just like, well, I have to kind of hang out with this person, or I have to kind of do this, or I have to kind of do that. Well, now I, as you get older, you you cut that out, <laughs> yeah. cut that out, and you're just like, nope, protecting my time for sure. The next one was episode forty-one. And it was the investments your portfolio might be missing. So this episode was timely as well, since the with the market drop and the current volatility we were experiencing uh, this year, it was important to educate listeners on what alternative investments are and why they're important to have in your portfolio, especially now, and the pros and cons and how you can get them in your portfolio. So many of my listeners will know that like all of my clients have a portion of their portfolio in in, in alternative investments. Mm-hmm. And we go over why and what they are. And then we also touch on what, the, what basically the different types of them, such as private debt, private equity, and private real estate. And I can tell you that this is definitely an important one to listen to right now, since how much the markets have come down and the volatility we're currently experiencing. I can't tell you how I'm extremely happy, how happy I am that All of my clients have this in their portfolio. Since right now, it's like it's the proof is there. Almost all asset classes are currently down in the red, and these alternative investments are currently—they're all the ones that we have access to right now. They're all in the green, uh, returning a positive return in one of the most one of the worst market environments we've had in a very long time. So it's definitely an important one to listen to. If especially if you're not a client of mine, because if you are a client of mine, great, listen to it and just remind (laughs) you why we're in it. But if you're not a client of mine, it's very unlikely that you have these in your portfolio. And I I explained that, that not all advisors can access this. So that's definitely an important one to listen to if you're not a client. Moving along the next one, episode 40. This was not a surprise, this one, because we get asked a lot of questions on this. So it was actually how to keep your cottage in the family and reduce the future tax bill. So basically, Kind of like estate planning for the family cottage, and like I said, this was this this episode was so popular that we're actually considering doing a webinar or seminar just on this one topic, due to the amount of interest we got on this podcast alone. Uh, so it's definitely a question a lot of people are thinking of, and like basically the episode goes over how your family cottage, like it's such a special place, and so many families, there's so many memories of of your kids and growing up there, and family and and all that stuff. So. You just kind of expect that it's going to somewhat be a bit of a peaceful transition to your kids or family once you're getting older and it's difficult to take care of or if you ever passed away suddenly so however what if the family dynamics doesn't allow this right and like one of the examples i use in that podcast is say there's three kids one kid uses and does all and a lot of times i use this example in meetings with clients and the the, the clients are there sh- sitting shaking their heads saying that's exactly our scenario So pretend that one kid comes up and does all the work and uses a ton, but they're not really great financially and don't have a whole heck of a lot of money. Then you have the other kid that just comes up and just uses it with their spouse or their kids and doesn't really contribute, but likes it, but kind of uses it. Then you have the other one and the spouse and the spouse is so important to consider when figuring all this out, which we go over in the podcast Mm -hmm. and they're very financially set, but they have no interest and they don't want anything to do with it. So now what happens when you want to leave it with the tax problems, all these things that can derail your plans. And the other thing is the future tax bill in the cottage is usually really never part of the initial planning. And then now you add in other major concerns that can derail these cottage plans, such as death, divorce, which can also now force the sale the the sale of a family cottage or have to help you figure it out pretty quick. And we've had these scenarios over the years. So this podcast touches and all that, and just basically going over some tips and things to think about in regards to cottage planning and keeping it in the family. And why I, I brought this topic up or, or want to talk about it was it's no secret that, well, right now, and all over the place, but specific, I'll just Ontario, cause that's where we are, that many of these places like real estate's at record highs, but cottages significantly, and as great as that may be for someone that already owns the property, it does create many other issues for estate planning when these values keep climbing at significant rates and creating tax bombs for these cottage owners. So that was just basically it, just touching on some tax concepts and things to go over and how to try and make it a little bit easier of a transition. The next one was, well, actually, this is, the, this is number six. Wow, so mm-hmm. I fired through those pretty quick. 32, so episode 32, When should you take your CPP payment? And we had our in-house accountant that he's been on the show a couple of times is Gary Armstrong. And as I mentioned, he is our in-house accountant and he's been on the show numerous times and you'll continue to hear from him because he's just such a great resource to have on the show for everything to do with tax. And uh, so we're going to have him on uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks as well. And this one doesn't surprise me as uh, that it was in the top six, because it's a question we get asked all the time. So in Canada, basically there's three pillars of retirement income. There's like one is the universal benefits, such as the old age security. Two is earnings related programs, such as CPP that we address in the podcast. And it's kind of one you can control as well, like with to a certain degree contributions and when you take it and when you don't. And then you have the volunteer savings, which can be through work pension plans or individual savings plans, RSPs and TFSAs. So in this episode Gary and I go over questions people ask themselves basically questions people can ask themselves to help them figure out when is the best time to take CPP and what we touch on is there's there's no cookie cutter solution for this there's several factors to look at before deciding on when it's the best time to take it and of course like you wouldn't who wouldn't want more money in their pocket right away but is that always going to be the only thing to consider Well no and we chat about this. And we just touch on like, in light of that, keep in mind that no one's retirement is a straight line. Interest will change, health will change, personal relationships will change, and spending will change. So we just provide insight on how you can kind of make the right decision around that when it comes to taking your CPP and make you feel more confident. And when you turn that tap on, and that was really the top six. One other one that actually wasn't in the top six, but I just wanted to to mention it was episode seven. One of the getting to the one of the, the the beginning ones. It was one I actually did on a thing called Life Letters, and, and
1: I'm going to jump in here because this is one that I really really enjoyed.
2: Yeah, no, I appreciate that, and it, that's also why I wanted to to mention that because I actually had listeners contact me multiple ones and thank me for it. Yes, and. I'd never had that with like, I've had many people telling me that they like it or we're, we're talking about something and like, Oh, that was great. And, 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 all of this, and, and, and tons of great feedback, but I've actually never had listeners go out of their way to contact me specifically to thank me for an episode that I've done. So this was one, and this is why I wanted to mention it. And the thing is with it is I actually just passed this on to a friend of mine literally a couple of days ago. So he's actually, unfortunately, going through stage four cancer. Very, very positive spirit in regards to this. He's just, the conversations I've had with him have just been, I've never met someone so optimistic and positive about, unfortunately, quite a crappy situation. So he's very positive, but his mind's obviously busy with everything going on right now. And I recently passed this on to him since he's kind of just trying to figure everything out as well. And he was kind of trying to create these on his own. So I had sent him this because I'm like, well, I have it all outlined here. And uh, he definitely wanted that. So I literally just sent this to him a couple of days ago. So what is a life? What is it basically a life letter? It doesn't have to be a letter. It can be a letter, a recording, a video, or a combination of any of these. And you can do one for yourself or for your parents and kind of interview them. And basically what it is is, Many times when someone passes, or even if their mind starts to not be as sharp, dementia kicks in, all that stuff. That's a lot of history about them, your family, yourself, depending if you're doing it yourself or for a family member, and other information that, that, that's lost. And it's crazy how you think of, you know about a certain topic about your parents or grandparents or family history. And then over the years, it just gets clouded. And then you think that those are the actual details, but they're not. Yeah. Um, and it's funny how time can do that to us. And now this is a great way to kind of protect that uh, for future generations. I think it's a
1: great, great idea.
2: Yeah. Like my my first exposure to this was actually, uh, and I mentioned this in the podcast, was I, I was quite young, well, younger, <laughs> Um, and when my grandmother passed and we're sitting in the the lawyer's office, totally unexpected. And he just pulls out a letter, gives it to my uncle to read. And she had written a paragraph for each of her children. So obviously my father and then his three siblings, and then all the grandchildren, including myself, my sister and my cousins. And like, I can remember every word of that and just sitting there Listening to my uncle read it one by one to all of us in the room. And it was like, holy, it's just a moment I'll never forget. I was blown away that she had the capacity to think to do that and write that out and put it there. And like I said, I'll just, I remember every word that my uncle read from that letter. And that's the first kind of experience I had with a life letter. And why I did this too is that the episode actually before this, I went through wills and powers of attorneys. And then after that, I was thinking, I'm like, you know why I should do one on life letters because the wills and powers of attorney, they're important to protect your physical possessions and assets. But what about your internal assets and possessions, such as memories, stories, the details of like yeah. how your parents met, your grandparents, how they had to work so hard to get what they had and came from very little, all those scenarios. And this is just a way to protect that. So um Actually, just one more quick example is I, years ago, my dad and I were at the cottage, and I just started asking questions about how him and my mom met again. And I knew, but that's where I, I just had mentioned that things get cloudy. So I thought like I I, I had the the bare bone details type thing, mm-hmm. but then he he went into the specifics, and I was like, huh, I did not know that. And then it led into more questions like, what was it like growing up on the farm with my grandparents and all that stuff. So. And over the years, we had like talks about one-offs and I would ask a question here or there and not really get a ton of depth because they were just in the moment. And I just didn't have the details that I thought I should. And then I thought, well, if my kids start asking me some of this stuff, I'm not going to really know those details. And then all that stuff, those details are going to be gone. gone. Yeah. So that just made me think like, okay, so needless to say, one day shortly after that, I went through 51 questions that actually that resource for anyone listening, if you go to my website, the top of the page has resource section, uh, tab. If you click on that, those 51 questions are actually there. And my dad and I, uh, this was a while ago, two years ago or so, I guess we just sat and I went through those questions, which led into other conversations and I taped all of it. And uh, he obviously knew I was taping it. Right. And it was just such a, like, it was such a cool conversation to have with my dad and I'm just so happy I did that because there was a lot that I learned that day. And now I've got it safe and protected and that will never now be lost. So yeah, anyways, just wanted to touch on that and end with that one because um, that was just one that I really liked. And like I said, there was just some unique things to that one.
1: As I said, that one is one of my favorites. But Chris, yeah. I mean, you've reached 50 episodes. Congratulations. And how can listeners reach you if they want to just talk about some of this stuff or get more information?
2: Yeah, you can just simply just uh, contact me through the website, threehatsfinancial.ca, and there's a contact uh, button there, and you can even just schedule an appointment right in there if you want to chat. All right. What do you think, Patrice? Can we do 51 more? (laughs) 50 (laughs) more? (laughs) Darn
1: right we can, baby. We're going to do this. (laughs) And all you listeners, follow this podcast. Make sure you know when the latest episode is ready. Be it 52, be it 152 but be sure to check out past episodes as well. And please share with others.
0: Thank you for listening to The Ride, life, work and wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. All comments are of a general nature and should not be relied upon as individual advice. The views and opinions expressed in this commentary may not necessarily reflect those of Harborfront Wealth Management. While every attempt is made to ensure accuracy, facts and figures are not guaranteed. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing or tax advice. Please seek advice from your accountant regarding anything raised in the content of the podcast regarding your individual tax situation. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.